listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 24th of August 2021. Will incentives at work encourage you to get vaccinated faster? It's one thing that Borrell is considering and it comes on a day where the company returned a profit Full year, $640 million, that's its statutory profit. No dividend will be paid, but it will return some money to shareholders once its $4.5 billion worth of divestments are completed. It's selling out of some of its major assets in the United States. Uh, The company is also now 70% controlled by the Seven Group, and Borrell has been hit by the latest lockdowns, particularly in that pause in construction which has been happening in Greater Sydney and in South Australia. For more, I spoke with its CEO earlier today, Zlatko Tordachovsky. Zlatko, what kind of an impact are these lockdowns having on a business like yours? Yeah, they're having a significant impact at the moment, Ricardo. The construction shutdowns we saw firstly in Greater Sydney in July and then which expanded into South Australia and the ACT more recently, they're unprecedented. So even through the height of COVID last year, we didn't see construction stop to the degree we're seeing at the moment. And as I've said a few times now, shutting down construction is easy. It happens almost instantaneously. But ramping it back up, getting trades organised, being clear about supply chain, getting access to materials, that takes time. And even in South Australia, you know, four weeks after the construction um, shuts were, were eased, we're still finding that we're not yet at full volume. So it can take four to six weeks, frankly, to get back up and operating. Um, your business operates across the country. There's still debate about what happens when we reach 70%, 80% vaccination rates. What kind of consensus would you like to see? Oh, look, frankly, Ricardo, that's a great point. I'd love to see a lot more consensus around what happens and what the trigger is to reopen. Um, whether it's travel or reopen the economy or give us confidence we're not going to see lockdowns or construction shuts. That confidence, that clarity is absolutely critical at the moment. Because if I think about what we're dealing with in New South Wales versus what's happening in the ACT versus South Australia or Victoria, there are just a myriad of approaches. And it's creating confusion for our customers, which means that we then need to react to different requirements from customers. And that's just not helpful. It's completely inefficient. But if we had clarity that 70% vaccination rates, and by the way, I'm fully vaccinated, if we had clarity on that 70% vaccination being the trigger for no more lockdowns, and frankly, people that are vaccinated having the freedom to travel domestically or internationally, I think that kind of certainty would be extremely helpful for people at the moment. Is there already a real concern, though, that the states and territories not aligning to a national agreement to opening up, that it could be a real drag on the economic recovery? Well, I think it could be a real drag if we don't have that clarity, frankly, Ricardo. So um, you're seeing the misalignment at the moment. You know, the, the states are taking different approaches, once again, all well-intentioned, but that misalignment is not helpful. So what we've called for is much more of a national approach. You know, we'd love to see clarity about what will happen when vaccination rates reach 70%, confirmation that there won't be further shutdowns or impacts on construction. So given that it takes so long for construction activity to ramp up again, was it a mistake to close construction? Well, look, I'm not sure it was a mistake per se, Ricardo. I think, you know, all of us want to get the right health outcomes here. So, you know, all of us are aligned with what, what's the best thing to keep people safe and, frankly, stop the, the transport of, uh, of COVID and, 
further immunisation. But what we're seeing at the moment is a lack of consultation is part of the key issue that we're facing. You know, had we had a sense of what state governments were trying to do, you know, industry could have worked in the best way to not only stop construction, but then to open it again. But when you get surprised by a shutdown in construction with no time to react, it then just creates a lot of confusion. So we would love the opportunity to work with state governments and frankly, the national government to build that clarity going forward. So not only what are the circumstances that might drive a shutdown, but what are the conditions we need to see to then to reopen it? We just haven't had that opportunity today. That almost sounds like it, you expect another shutdown to happen again. Well, I didn't expect the shutdowns in July and August, frankly, Ricardo, so I'm not discounting anything. What about vaccines? Well, our, our approach at the moment has been to encourage people to get vaccinated, Ricardo, and we are going to be putting in place as incentives to uh, get as many people vaccinated as we can. Um, we're not yet mandating it, but frankly, hearing from what some of our customers might be doing, uh, we're potentially going to have to end up in a space where we mandate it, particularly if some of our team can't operate on sites where it's mandatory. Incentives, what kind? So we haven't finalised it, and frankly, I've kind of let the cat out of the bag, Ricardo, because we haven't even announced it internally. But, yeah, we, we are looking at uh, gift cards and the like for people and particularly thinking that the, a lot of our individuals have been going through some tough personal times as we had to stand down 630 people in New South Wales, for example. So we're thinking about how do we support them, not only through the provision of leave and other support, but through things that are meaningful to their families. Zlatko Tordachevsky there, the CEO of Borrell, now to the Australian share market, which did close a little bit higher today. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.2%, 7,503. For more, I spoke earlier with Mathan Somersandaram, the CEO of Deep Data Analytics. Mathan, the market's up today. Why? I think it's a bit of a bounce on what happened overnight. We've had the US dollar come back. And that's given a bit of a breathing space for commodities. Uh, we've seen, you know, oil jump about five percent, copper jump about two percent, gold has bounced back over eighteen hundred dollars. So, you know, iron ore is down a bit, but look, it's halved. So everyone's trying to pick the bounce in uh, basically commodities. Run us through what's happening with commodities. As you mentioned, gold's back in favour. Iron ore's weaker. Yeah, look, I mean, there's multiple forces in play. I mean, if you look at what's happening with overall market, everyone's worried about. U.S. Fed tapering. Uh, they've got the Jackson Hole Symposium uh, later this week, and people are worried that we will get more information about tapering timetable. Uh, th but I think the important thing to look at is even the Jackson Hole Symposium has actually gone virtual because of Delta. Uh, that just tells you what's happening in the U.S. Economy is slowing, activities are slowing, numbers are fading. So we're in a slowing economic growth. I doubt they're going to move, and if, if they are going to move, they're not going to move anytime soon. It'll be pushed back. So that tapering worry faded, and that's, again, that faded US dollar, and that's helped gold. But on the iron ore side of things, you're looking at what's happening in China. They um, uh, basically said they will manage prices lower, and they brought iron ore back from about 260 down to 140, 130, 140. But look, they've, they've timed it well. It's in a season of weak period. The next couple of months are not really positive for commodities. So I don't think iron ore is going to bounce back soon. Um, we're coming to the tail end of profit reporting season. What's your assessment of the themes that you've seen so far? Look, I don't think I'm really surprised. We saw most of the themes pre-flagged out of the US reporting season. 
we are seeing labor shortages, we are seeing cost inflation. Um, we're seeing some of the big growth stocks, they're delivering, but the market expectations are pretty high. So our market hasn't really been driven by what's happening in the reporting season. It's more mainly macro. But I think the big thing that everyone's looking at is the cash flows, how much free cash a lot of businesses are generating. And all those businesses who are generating a lot of cash flow, it's attracting a lot of attention from investors. Okay, a few companies reported today. Which were the ones that caught your attention? Yeah, there's a few moving around. Um, I mean, Ansel is one. We've liked it. We thought it was a bit overpriced. And the result, uh, you know, the market expected a lot more and it's come back off it. Look, it's a great global healthcare, um, health and safety play for um, manufacturing. We've had a bit of a smaller, uh, I suppose a weaker manufacturing cycle and that's kind of hitting their growth story. So it's come back, but look, it's a great business. Then you look at it on the other side, you look at what's happening in the gold stocks, they've been beaten up, they're coming back because of the uh, tapering issue. Um, then you look at the iron ore stocks, they're bouncing around because of what's happening in the commodity space. Um, but then you look at someone like O Media, they just recently reported uh, it's been beaten up. Now that the market thinks that the politicians are coming up with a plan to open the economy, O Media is an outdoor media stock and it's bounced about 10% today. And what about those companies that did well last year during the pandemic? I think a lot of people were looking to see if that kind of growth can continue and a good example of that today is Kogan. Yeah, look, you know, this is where the interesting part is. There's a lot of businesses that got the uh, push from the pandemic and some of them got killed by the pandemic. Now, the question was those businesses that benefited from the pandemic, can they carry that on and, you know, drive the structural change in the economy? We all know everyone's doing a lot more online shopping. I mean, I should. When I'm locked down at home, uh, all I'm doing is buying online. So in that context, that thematic is massive. And that's actually a change that's happened in most countries over 10 years, it's happened in one year for us. So Kogan is one where we expected them to do well, but they were priced for too much. And they haven't made that transition to being a, I suppose, a sustainable growth story. And that's why the market's been selling it down over the last six to nine months. That's Nathan Somersandaram there from Deep Data Analytics. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.